Awesome. Let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be looking at verses 24 through 29. Uh, we do have Bibles, uh, free Bibles available at the Welcome Center, but we'll have the scriptures up on the screen as well. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Would you stand to your feet if you're able to one more time? Let's pray and we will get right into the message. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we are so thankful for what you have already done. We know, Lord, that you are moving. Uh, we know, Lord, that you are speaking. Uh, we thank you, God, for divine appointments. I'm so glad that nothing happens by accident and nothing happens by chance, but that, Lord, you are orchestrating things. And in the supernatural, there is a movement, there is a shift happening. And I believe, God, that you are uh, putting people where you want them to be, drawing people to where you want them to be. And, Lord, this morning, some are here, and we're thankful for that. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus uh, that you would restore lives, Lord, that you would uh, help us with our challenges, uh, Lord, that you would just encourage us. If we're discouraged this morning, if we're feeling down, maybe even uh, a touch uh, depressed, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would lift our spirits and that you would cause us uh, to turn and to look unto you, God. Uh, you are the lifter of our faith. You are the one who is able to see us, th see us through every challenge. And we thank you, Lord, uh, again, for all that you're doing and for all, all that you're about to do. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So listen, today we are continuing our sermon series called Holy Distortion. Holy Distortion. Last week I said that with that title, I kind of get a visual of the old Batman uh, where you had the bubbles and uh, they, you know, pow and all of this. And so Holy Distortion, uh, that's kind of a visual for me. Uh, so if you see me laughing up here a little bit, that's, what that's, going, that's, that's what's going on up in my head. Uh, but the idea behind this series, Holy Distortion, is the fact that if you and I are not careful, it is totally possible for you and I to do the right thing the wrong way. We can do the right thing the wrong way. As a result, some people have wrongly stated that the end justifies the means. Anybody ever hear that before? It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Wrong. <laughs> In fact, people have done things as followers of Christ that are not compatible with what it means in the Bible to walk in the Spirit or to be one that is producing the fruit of the Spirit as a child of God. And, and again, that's why I'm calling it holy distortion. You see, it's not enough to end up doing something right at the end of the day or have a good result at the end if we compromise by getting it done the wrong way. For example... I once heard a preacher say that he was willing to do anything, say anything, anything, he was willing to do anything short of sin to get people into the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but that struck me the wrong way. I don't know, maybe he was meaning something a little bit deeper and I just wasn't spiritual enough in that moment, um, but it struck me as a possible area of compromise and that I, I personally, I'm not willing to venture there as a preacher of the gospel because I believe that how we do something for Christ is equally as important as what we get done for the Lord. For example, if you lie on an application to get a really good job to support your family or if you end up cheating on your taxes to be able to give more to your church or to a charity, 
You are doing the right thing a wrong way. See, it's good that you want to support your family. That's, that's a right thing. But lying to get the job is the wrong way. It's good that you want to give to your church or to your charity more, but cheating on your taxes is the wrong way. The Bible says in James 3 and verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. It also says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, say good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, the, the Bible is full. It is full of stories where people do, the, two people do the same thing, but one does it the right way and do, one, the other one does it the wrong way. There are many stories throughout Scripture of people who tried to do the right thing, but again, they did it the wrong way. Last week, we talked about two men who prayed. They, listen, they both did the right thing. They, they prayed. It's a good thing to pray, right? They both prayed, but one prayed the right way, the other prayed the wrong way. If you recall the Pharisee, he was very proud. He was very self-righteous. He, he had the wrong heart posture when he prayed. He actually mentioned himself, I don't know if you remember, how many times, anybody remember? Big hint, uh, five times. He, he mentioned himself five times in the prayer that he prayed. And in that prayer, he saw himself as righteous in comparison to the others. On the other hand, we had the tax collector, right? We looked at the tax collector. We saw that he was very meek. He was very humble. He recognized that in himself, he was a broken, messed up sinner. And he actually had the right posture. He had his head held down low. He asked God in that moment for his mercy. And so he had the right heart posture. Again, both of these men, they did the right thing. They prayed. They both prayed. One prayed the right way, the other one prayed the wrong way. And again, that's an example of holy distortion. Listen, I'm not saying that our methods can't be create, creative, right? People have said, you know, the, as long as the message stays the same, uh, you can just, any methods are, you know, you have to be careful with that. There are some methods being used out there that are ungodly. There are some things being done in the name of Christ that are not honoring to Him. And so I don't buy that anymore. I, I used to even say that. It doesn't matter what method. Oh, it matters. It matters. You, again, you can do the right thing a wrong way if you're not careful. What I am saying is that we should honor God with every single step that you and I take in this journey of life in order to do the right thing the right way. Today, I want to look at two men who built a house. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. One, again, one did it the right way and the other did it the wrong way. And so let's get into our text this morning. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. And so he says, everyone who hears my words and obeys them is like a wise man who built his house on what? On rock. It rained hard. The floods came. The winds blew and hit that house but it did not fall. Why? Because it was built on the rock. Everyone who hears my words and does not obey them is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. What happened? It rained hard. The floods came. 
the winds blew, they hit that house and it fell with a big crash. Verse 28, when Jesus finished saying these things, the people were amazed at his teaching because he did not teach like their teachers of the law. He taught like a person who had authority. Listen, I shared this in the earlier service. We are blessed as a family. We're, I feel like we're in a new season of life. Um, we uh, just are blessed in so many ways. One of the most recent blessings was uh, the ability for the first time to, uh, to build our house and to be able to enjoy it every single day. Uh, our house was one of the last homes that was built in the development that we're in, and uh, they didn't want to blast. It was all rocky area, and so they, they did some of the removal, but they didn't really blast. And, and so I can, you know, with confidence say, my house is built on the rock. My house is built. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't mean that things, things don't shift a little bit. There's some shifting that has taken place, right? Because no matter what, they, they, you know, getting ahead of myself, the storms are going to come. The shifting is going to happen. But the foundation matters. Listen, uh, and so before this house, we lived in a house that was uh, 1900, built in uh, a New Englander that was built in 1900. And so we took on the challenge um, to, to get in there and try to fix things up. And I, I was in way over my head. I'll be the first to admit I didn't fix nearly as much as I wanted to. And I remember one time I was down in the basement because uh, it was notorious that this house would leak. And we didn't have sump pumps. Oh, boy. Um, and we should have. And so when, whenever the snow melted or whenever we had steady rain for even more than a day, our basement would get really wet. I had the double shop vacs down there doing all kinds of work to try and get the, the water picked up. There was one time uh, I, I, that uh, I had a board meeting to get to, and it was like a cartoon uh, because the, the walls of the, the basement walls were leaking. There was a spring leaking. I had a, a hose over here. I had a hose over there. I'm on the phone with the, with the with the board and say, I don't think I'm going to make it tonight. You guys need to pray for me. I, I can see myself being down here in this basement all night long because the water is just seeping in. That house didn't have a good foundation. It, it affected me. The, to this day, I'm like, I go down, and this is the blessing of God. You go down in the new basement, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's raining outside, and it's dry in here. I, don't, I own a shop vac, but I haven't had to use it to, to get the springs coming in uh, through the walls. And so that, that's important to make sure that the foundation is solid. Let's unpack this story real quick. And so one of the first things that I want to mention in this story, very simple story that most of us know, is that both men did the right thing. They listened. They listened. They listened to Jesus' words. And this is always a good thing. How many of you know that it's good to listen to the words of Jesus? We, we have to listen to the voice of God. But when it came to their actions, one did it right and the other one did it the wrong way. And so they, they apparently both liked to hear what Jesus had to say. They both respected Jesus as a, a rabbi, a, a good teacher. According to Jesus, one man listened to his teachings, but he also obeyed right? The other man listened to Jesus' teaching, but he didn't obey. He, he might have left saying, I, you know what, I'm just not ready. I, I think I'll think about it later. Or maybe, you know what, that was really interesting, Jesus. But, but you know, that's all. And listen, this is how some people sometimes leave the church too. 
We read God's word, we hear it, we even sing it, but doing just never seems to happen like we never get around to it. We're very busy. Truth be told, some people like to keep Jesus in his place or in his box, right? We like our little compartments. We like our little boxes. God, you can impact my life, but only this far. You can intervene in my circumstances, but only when I call upon you. Don't, don't, you know, don't. We, I, I just want to keep you in your place, like just for Sundays. We don't want Jesus getting involved in our home lives. We don't want him getting involved in our work lives. We don't want him getting involved in our finances. We don't want him getting involved in our relationships. And many of us, we won't say that with our words, but with our actions, we speak loudly. It's one thing to listen to the words of Jesus, but it's another thing entirely to really listen. Because when we really listen to the words of Jesus, they impact us and we do them. And like, listen, if we really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Amen? If we really believe that, then we don't just listen to his words and maybe say, well, let me think about it. Or, you know, I'm not sure if I agree with Jesus on this point. Or I don't like what Jesus is saying here. I'm just going to do my own thing. See, either we listen to him speaking the heart and the mind of God to us, or, or we're not going to listen to him at all. We, we, listen, we can't pick and choose which of his words we like and which ones we don't like. That's exactly how you get holy distortion. First, let's make sure that we are actively listening. You and I, we should be actively listening when God speaks to us, not just passively listening. We need to hear and we need to do. We need to be in motion knowing that God wants to move us from one level to the next level. He wants to take you somewhere, but you have to be willing. You have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to obey. You have to be willing to take whatever step that God wants you to take to get to that next level. Again, they both listened. Both of these guys, they listened. The second thing that I want you to notice is that mo both men were builders. They were building houses, right? One was doing it the right way, the other one was doing it the wrong way. Simply put, both men, they, they did a good thing. They both built a house, and that house, it, it might represent their lives. Everyone here today, whether you realize it or not, you are building a house. You are building a house. It might even be your life on multiple stories, on multiple levels, on multiple floors, and the two houses look similar on the outside. Our houses might look similar on the outside, and yet one built his house on the good foundation. What, what was the good foundation? Anybody remember? We just read it. On the rock. And yet the other one built his house on a weak foundation, the sand. Listen, if you've done any kind of home repairs lately, you, you might be able to say a quick amen to this. Building materials are not cheap. I remember going to uh, the, the Home Depot, whatever, and there'd be like a $2 two-by-four. That same two-by-four two today costs about $9 or $10. Building materials aren't cheap. Uh, but there are certain things that are worth the cost. Like if you choose to cut corners, it might actually end up costing you more in the long run. How many of you know that from experience? 
Man, I bought that thing on, on Amazon, and it was made in China, but it was cheap. Yes, it was cheap. It probably broke the first week you got it. You opened it up, and it was like, oh, this is awesome. I don't think that was supposed to happen. It's important. Things Sometimes you cut corners. They end up costing you more in the long run. Listen, how sad is it to see so many houses washing away in storms and in floods? Beautiful houses that look great on the outside, just drifting away in the waters. But we ask the question, why didn't they build them on a better foundation? Or why go through all the work only to just watch it get washed away? See, just like the story of the three little pigs, some people like to take the easy way when it comes to building their lives. Sadly, they end up paying a hefty price for it watching it all get blown away. Listen, building a good and a solid foundation, it takes time. It takes time. It takes commitment. It is hard work to build a solid foundation. It definitely costs more, more money to build a good foundation. But again, a solid foundation is needed to stand up to the storms of life. It is vital for sure. Here in Matthew, the house that Jesus is talking about is is more valuable than your physical dwelling place with a yard and a garden and maybe even a double bay garage. Jesus is talking about the house of your life. The house of your life. So this, this make, makes the idea of a strong foundation even more important. And so again, both men listened and both men, they built houses. Third, both men were hit by storms. In fact, one of the houses was destroyed by a storm. The other house survived. They both looked beautiful. They both, like, they both looked like they were the same. Listen, I want you to notice today, if you didn't realize it in your life, that storms don't discriminate. But I've been serving Jesus for 15 years. I thought I had it all together. Storms don't discriminate. The Bible says that it rains on the just and on the unjust. The sun shines on the, on the good and on the wicked equally. Let's unpack this a little bit deeper. Listen, storms will come. It's not a matter of if the storm comes. It is a matter of when. Again, every person, regardless of their spirituality or lack of spirituality, will have storms in their lives, and some will have more than others. Uh, maybe you're here this morning, and you're in the middle of a storm right now. Maybe it's the storm of sickness, or maybe it's the storm of depression. Maybe it's a financial storm, or maybe it's a relationship storm. Storms will come. And listen, following Jesus does not exempt us from life storms. I've told this before, somebody, when I first got saved, they were just so excited for me, and in their zeal and passion, they said, now life is going to be perfect for you, great for you. And listen, it's been great, and it's been awesome. Not perfect so much. Stuff still happens. Storms still come. People are people, and hurt people hurt people. Stuff happens. The storms have come my way. Again, if you are in the middle of one, Jesus does not exempt you from life storms. Jesus is not teaching a parable about how to build your house on protected lands or areas. There are no storm-free zones in Christ. This is a parable about foundations. 
not about avoiding bad weather. The outcome tomorrow, listen, the outcome tomorrow, your outcome tomorrow is determined by the foundation that you are building or sitting on today. You, you need to get that. I, I, you, I, it's one thing that we have to hold on to. Your, your outcome tomorrow is determined by the foundation that you are building or not building, sitting on or not sitting on today. You need to hear that. Storms can take on a lot of different forms, but they all share one common tendency. They tend to bring out what you are really made of or what you're building your life on. I'm going to say that again because I need you to get that. Uh, when a storm happens in your life, it tends to bring out what you are really made of or what you are building your life on. And so storms bring out the real you. See, some of us, we put on a front. Again, the house looks beautiful on the outside. It looks like we just sided it. It looks like the roofing shingles are perfect. Everything, even the garden looks, looks immaculate. But if the foundation is not solid, if it's faulty, if it's crumbling, if it's not ex non-existent, storms are coming. Storms are coming. Jesus said in John 16, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, as much as I want you to believe that bad things won't happen, as much as I want to believe that bad things won't happen to me, reality says that they will, and Jesus even said that they would. The question we need to answer is, are we ready for when bad things happen? Are we ready to take on the storm? See, when a storm hits, often there's a lot of confusion, right? Because we're not sure about the source of the storm. In fact, we often wonder whether we brought the storm on ourselves by our bad decisions or is God punishing us? Maybe uh, there's another area. If this is the devil attacking us, maybe that's, that's why the storm is coming. The devil's attacking us. Or if the storm is just a result of living in a fallen world. But listen, no matter what the cause of the storm, when it comes, say when. When it comes, what really matters is your foundation, my foundation. The question is, can we handle this storm or are we going to be just destroyed by it? See, if we, brought it, if we brought it on by our bad decisions, but our foundation is strong, we can always make a course correction, repent, and move on. And if the devil is attacking us, but our foundation is strong, we will put on our spiritual defenses. I say armor up. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Armor up and learn to fight a spiritual warfare. And if the storm is a result of living in this fallen world, but our foundation is strong, we will be strengthened in our inner man. We will find the will of God in it as we surrender our lives to Jesus in the middle of the storm. And some people, they think, well... <laughs> Pastor Freddie, that's a little bit, I don't know, you know, because some people will go as far as saying, bring it on. And Pastor Freddie, I'm not there. I'm like, keep it away. Keep it away. I don't want the storm. 
I don't want the battle. I don't want the, the hard time that I'm going through. I'm, I'm looking to get through it. I'm looking to get to the end of the, to the light at the end of the tunnel because it's so hard for me right now. And I'm telling you that in that process, that in that storm, God doesn't waste anything. God doesn't waste anything. There is nothing wasted in him. And so in that storm, what is he teaching? What is he building? What is he helping you to gird up and to, to be helped in that way? The only thing that really matters when we're talking about the storms of life is how strong is your foundation? Some of you, you need to ask yourselves that question right now. God, how strong is my foundation? I'm not sure. How strong is it? Another important thing to consider is this, that the house must be built before the storm comes. How many of you know that in the middle of a fire, that is a bad time to want to go and buy a fire extinguisher? How many of you know that in the middle of a flood, that is a bad time to come up with a plan to get out of your house that is filling up? And, and some of you have seen on the news in areas that are hit by uh, hurricanes and, and floodwaters, you'll see people who had a poor plan or a poor foundation and they end up stranded on their roof crying out for help. God, help us. Because the foundation wasn't set in advance. The plans weren't set in motion before the, the, the storm hit. The house must be built before the storm comes. Listen, there's a time for building. And after that, it's called maintenance. And so if you build right, if you build strong, if you build correct from the very beginning, the house will ideally need less maintenance, right? And so that's why a good foundation is important. If that's done the right way, the building is going to last a long time. Sadly, some don't even have the house built and then the storms are hitting you. At that point, it's almost too late to build. Some are too busy with the cares of this life. Some are too busy trying to acquire more and more money. Some are too busy trying to uh, get more fun out of life. Then the hard times come and they collapse like a row of dominoes or a house of cards. People are always so shocked when they see a house, a, a family or a person's life washed away really shouldn't be if they, if they built their house on sand, the house will fall during a storm. It may not be the first storm. It may not be the second storm. But if the foundation is shoddy, shifty, not solid, it's going to happen. The storm's going to take down the house. Listen, when we seek to obey God, it makes our foundation strong. Life starts to make more sense when you obey God. Revelation always follows obedience. It never precedes it. Too often, listen, too often we're waiting for God to do something big in our lives when in reality it will never happen until we start obeying God in the little things he has already shown us. So what has God already shown you? Or what has God already asked you to do? Are you doing what God has already asked you to do? Could you, could you do it better? Listen, obedience to God's word is a progressive thing. We start just like children. Often it's with the Holy Spirit asking us to stop doing maybe some things that are not healthy or good for us, right? 
For some people, maybe God is saying, it's your time, it's your season, you need to stop drinking. You need to stop consuming alcohol and, and hard liquor, or you need to stop using foul language. Uh, my Holy Spirit resides inside of you. You have asked me to come in, and I'm cleaning up the house. It's time. Maybe it's to stop taking things that don't belong to you. Obedience is progressive. God has so much more for our lives. And our foundation needs to be more than just not doing bad things. It needs to be full-on surrender to Him. The Lord wants to, wants to start using us to do work for His kingdom. He wants to start taking back territory that the devil has stolen. I said this in the earlier service. I feel it just as strongly now that the enemy, the devil, Satan, has stolen things from you. He has pickpocketed your life, and some of you don't even know it. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying, why is my life going this way? Why, why are things happening this way? The devil's ripped you off. Listen, God wants us to care for others. He wants us to pray for others. He wants us to reach out and to serve others. This maintenance is what makes a foundation strong. See, Jesus made it pretty clear. The man who listens and obeys his teachings is the man who has built his foundation on the rock. It's not going to collapse when the storms come. I've seen many people go through storms in their lives. I've seen people fall apart, fall apart when the storms come. I've seen many pe other, other people weather the storm. But I can say for sure that the only difference between those whose houses were destroyed and those whose houses were not destroyed was the foundation. How's your foundation? Worship team, come. Listen, there's a site in Italy called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Anybody? I remember when I was a kid, I used to call it Leaning Tower of Pizza. Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's in Italy. It has been slowly falling for years. Scientists travel yearly to measure the building's slow descent. This is a, listen, this is a 179-foot tower, and it has been moving about 1 20th of an inch every year, and it now has a, it is now 17 feet out of plumb. That's not straight, by the way, if you're wondering. That's not. In order to save this 810-year-old tower, they have begun rebuilding, they have begun rebuilding the foundation. It's interesting, though, that the word Pisa means marshy land, which gives you some clue as to why the tower began to lean in the first place. Also, check it out. It is only, the foundation is only 10 feet deep. Some of you are not getting it. It is 179 feet tall with a 10-foot foundation. You need the right foundation. You need a solid foundation. In our text, this story of the two builders, Jesus does not say that some people are good and some people are bad according to what they're building. What he does say is that some people are wise and some people are foolish. 
Both are building their lives. Both are doing what they think is right. Uh, but one is doing it the wrong way. The other one is doing it the right way. When the storms of life come, we learn who and what we really are. We learn what we're really made of. Some people go all to pieces when the storms of life come. Others are able to weather the storm and say, I'm not destroyed. Jesus said storms are going to come. He also said, if you hear his words and you do them, you won't be destroyed. So if you're a doer of the word, the house of your life will not fall. Being a, a doer of the word means a, a person applies the words of Jesus to their life. Like if Jesus says you, you need to forgive, you forgive. If Jesus says you need to give, you give. If Jesus says you need to serve, then you serve. Whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, you do. In other words, obedience. I want you to notice one last thing. It was not prayer. It was not faith. It was not confessing. It was not just hearing the word that helped the house to stand. The key to the house that stood up against the storm was doing the word. It's not enough to know scripture unless you're actually doing what the scripture tells you to do. If we want our lives to be able to weather the storms that come our way, we need to build on a solid foundation the only foundation that will ever last is the one that is built on Jesus and his word. Amen? Listen, remember, we're all going to face storms in this life, both Christians and non-Christians. They may be caused by different things, but what determines how you weather the storm is your foundation. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. To build a good foundation, we need to hear and obey the teachings of Jesus. It's not good enough just to hear. We need an active daily faith to stand strong through the storms. Every head bowed right now. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for today. I really believe it was a divine appointment for many here today, Lord, that they are going through a season and a time, Lord, where they're not sure what the next step is. They're not, they're not sure where they're headed. Uh, right now, it might even be difficulty or just, uh, just ultra-challenging, whatever they're going through. But Lord, the question begs to be asked and answered, Lord, how's our foundation? Do we have a strong foundation? And if we don't, Lord, we need to make it strong by obeying your word. We need to make it strong by surrendering to you. We need to make it strong, but stop trying to do it ourselves and surrender all to Jesus. Help us, Lord. We can do nothing apart from you. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your help. Let our foundation be strong so that it can weather the storm. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Let's close with a little worship.